0: Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast, where we uncover the stories that shaped the business owner. Brought to you by Lisa Settle and Isla O'Hara.
1: Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast. My name is Lisa Settle. And my name is Isla O'Hara. And we'll be your hosts for today. The Business Diaries is a storytelling platform for businessmen and women to share their stories, the ups and the downs of the entrepreneur. We hear about the stories that have made an impact in their lives and how it's led them to where they are today. Support and encouragement is vital when running your own business. And many give up, you know, a secure job or a wage or and a wage to venture into really the unknown. And that takes courage. Our guest today had an entrepreneurial spirit lurking at a very early age and reassurance from her family gave her the push she needed to get going and she's not looked back since.
0: Isla, who's in the guest seat? Thank you, Lisa. It gives me great pleasure today to announce that our storyteller is Gemma Fairclough-Haynes. Welcome to the Business Diaries, Gemma. Hello, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Welcome. Gemma is the CEO of global award-winning business, Orchard Employment Law. With over a decade of experience in employment law, Gemma has represented many businesses of various sizes in employment tribunals across the UK in different types of claims. She's interviewed regularly by TV and radio, provides comments and articles for newspapers and magazines, and speaks regularly on employment law. As she says, taking the bore out of law. As if that isn't a busy enough, Gemma is also the Federation of Small Business Area Leader for Kent and Medway, a school governor at her local school, plus wife and mum. So Gemma, if you're ready, we would love to hear your story.
2: Thank you very much. Well, I guess we have to start at the beginning and I'll tell you a little bit about me. Because people often see me now and they think, wow, she's so confident and she speaks so well. And I was quietly confident when I was younger, but only quietly. So picture this. I grew up in the Midlands town. It was, it was a town then. It's now a city of Wolverhampton, because that's how we say it. You can't say Wolverhampton. And I went to a school, which is an old, old building. And I was tiny, really skinny and quite reserved, really. I say reserved, but confidently reserved. I had some qualities that at the time I hadn't realised would serve me later on in life. One was the ability to talk. So I wasn't rowdy, but all of my school reports said, Gem is wonderful, but doesn't matter where we put her in the classroom, she's always going to find someone to talk to. And I wasn't one to talk rubbish either. I had a power, which I didn't realise at the time, to negotiate and to influence and the art of persuasion. Well, think about it. It was the early 90s. Television ended at 3.30 or 4 o'clock, I think, once the BBCs had finished. Weekend mornings, you'd have your CBB um, children's television. We didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have iPads. We didn't have Netflix and live streams, So you could get quite bored. I wasn't going to stay bored, was I? (laughs) So I remember going to school one day and thinking, you know what I should do? I should organise a party, an exercise party, which is a really strange thing to do, considering even now I'm not that fond of exercise. I'll do it, but it's not the greatest thing for me. And so I gathered my friends together and I said, guess what? My mum said I can have a party. And they said, when? And I said, well, on such and such a Saturday. And they said, oh, great. Well, we'll need an invitation because there's no way our parents will let us come to this party without an invitation. I didn't really think much of it. I don't know why. Maybe I didn't think my friends had really believed me. But when I went back to school the next day... My friend approached me and said, so where's the invitation? I said, don't worry, I'm on it. (laughs) Later that evening, I remember being in my bedroom, because although we didn't have iPads, I did have lots of colourful pens. And on some bits of paper, I used my bestest handwriting to invite them to my party. I had it all figured out. I wrote the address. I wrote the activities that we'd be doing. There was even a little RSVP slip at the bottom of this invitation.
3: And so the next day, going into school, I handed out my invitations. There was no phone number. I can't
2: remember why, but I'm imagining that we didn't even have a house phone at that time. Everything was fine at school for the next few days. Nobody handed back an RSVP slip, so there were no worries there, were there? And I continued to enjoy skipping in the playground and being picked up, as I usually would. And then that Saturday arose. I went home. I was at home. And we were just doing our normal things, really, watching television, eating dinner. And I hadn't even given a thought to this party until the doorbell rang and someone turned up. Someone answered the door. My mum answered the door. And at the door was my friend's dad and my friend, oh my goodness, can you imagine? I absolutely froze. I sat there and I froze. I thought, well, what, what are they doing here? Because it wasn't as though they would usually visit. And they said, oh, we've come to Gemma's party. And my mum answered,
3: party? No, you've got it all wrong. There's no party. So the person went away. A few minutes later, the doorbell rang again. And
2: someone else had arrived with their parent and said, we're here for Gemma's party. And my mum said, oh, this is strange. What party? I mean, her birthday's not till October, and this was definitely in the summer. And they said, well, we've got this invitation. And they'd taken out this bit of paper, which I had carefully scribed on, My mum looked at it and giggled. She said, oh, the party. (laughs) My mum was a good sport and she invited this person in. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? It's only one person. Maybe I'll get away with it. Before I knew it, we had five people in the house. No party food because there was no plan for a party. No party games, although we had some exercises, which I had found. Um, and had put on the invitation as part of what we were going to do and we had a really good time it was good that mum was supportive but I couldn't help but wonder why on earth these adults would look at this child's handwriting and bring their children to a party which they hadn't checked out I guess you could say
3: I had the art of persuasion even then so that was the beginning really. Some years later, I used
2: to go and visit my godmother, Auntie Sharon. I'm very, very fond of Auntie Sharon. When I was much younger, she didn't have any children. So she really treated me like a little doll. And she started doing hairdressing in her house. Upstairs, there was one room carved out purely for hairdressing, doing afro hair. Even now, I can smell the perms. <laughs> I remember her saying to me, Gemma, you've got to do something like this. I'm going to show you how much fun this can be. We'll do some work, and then after we've done work, we'll have, we'll have fun. We'll go and have fish and chips. And I really enjoyed going to Auntie Sharon's. I was spoiled. But I also understood that for six or seven hours, she'd be working. And I also understood I'd be working too. The working started off with making cups of tea. I don't know why she asked me to do that, because even as an adult, I don't drink tea. And even as an adult, I'm not very good at it. But hey-ho. And at the end of each day, I'd be handed a crisp five-pound note for my work with the tea. Well, in between making tea, I'd sit and watch. Watch all of the ladies have a natter, watch their hairs be transformed. Every curl, every twist, every braid. And I remember saying to Auntie Sharon, I think I can do that. She'd say, "Mm, not yet. Keep on watching. Maybe you can help me wash the hair. So we started with one lady and I'd wash her hair over the bath. That's how sophisticated we were. And the poor lady was drenched at the end of this hair washing session. But she looked on me fondly and handed me a shiny 50p coin. I thought, wow, this is great. So the next time I went to Auntie Sharon's, I said, Will I be washing hair? And she said, Yes. Well, it wasn't quite primary school then. I probably, well, it was late primary school, not infant school. So we have had more phones available. And I'd hear my Auntie Sharon on the phone to her customers in the morning saying, Gemma's here. So don't forget to bring a spare top. <laughs> So I'd eagerly be watching these women having their curly perms and their straight perms. And I'd know that soon their hair's going to need to be washed. And I would run with them to the bathroom and my towels. They'd always have two or three towels, one around the shoulders and one to wrap the hair afterwards and one, well, because I was going to almost drown them, really. And I'd be rinsing their hair, using the shampoos and the conditioners. And at the end of that day, again, They'd all hand me a little tip, sometimes 20p, sometimes 50p. And quite frankly, I felt a bit rich at the end of the day.
3: After doing our hairdressing all day, Auntie Sharon would give me a treat. It might be the fish and chips. It might be
2: McDonald's or a little cake. And she'd remind me again, look, this is the kind of life you want to live, Gemma. Do your work, work hard, do something you enjoy, something you're good at. And you can have the reward afterwards. I didn't realise it at the time. But again, something had been ignited in me, thinking, well, this is a good life. Auntie Sharon's not really answerable to anyone apart from all of her clients. And at the end of the day, you end up with 50p's.
3: I'm hopefully think she had a bit more than 50p's. Didn't really see the money they gave to her. So that was me a bit older. Well, we fast forwarded to my 30th birthday.
2: And I say that really quickly because I'm still claiming to be 29. My mom and my husband had decided to throw a party for me, a masquerade ball. Now, if you know me and you know my family, we love a party. And not just any party. It's got to be fantastic. And my mom called me one day. and She said, Gemma, I'm looking for some chair covers. but they're, They're quite expensive. They're charging them, hiring them out at £4 each. And I said, well, that that just seems like an an awful lot, really, Mum, for one day. She said, don't worry. It's your birthday. We'll make sure that we get them for you. I went online and I had a look. And I could see that it really didn't cost that much. I noticed that I could buy 100 chair covers for £150. And I thought, well, Why would I spend four pounds per chair if I could buy a hundred chair covers? So we had the party, I enjoyed my birthday, and straight after the birthday, I opened my cars and money was flowing out. Lots of people had given me money, and I had over 150 pounds and thought, Well, I'm going to buy these chair covers. I was working at the time as a an employment law advocate for quite a large company, so this was never going to be my full-time business. It was, I guess, what we call a side hustle. In my church, there were always christenings and weddings and parties and birthdays, so I knew that would be used at least once or twice. So I definitely made my money back, and that was it. I bought the chair covers, and it was it was fantastic. Scrolling on a Facebook group one day, and a lady was selling some sashes, chair cover sashes, for relatively cheap. So I contacted her and I said, Oh, why are you selling them? And she said, I just want my garage back. My husband is fed up with my garage being head to toe in different colored sashes, and I rarely use them. You can have them all for a relatively cheap price. I thought, fantastic. So I went expecting to see 50 or 100 sashes I think it's more like a thousand all different colors literally all of the colors of the rainbow and I bought them do you know I must have tripled my money within the first couple of weeks of having these chair covers and sashes because as I said there were always people having christenings and weddings But I didn't want to do that full time. It was hard work bending over, doing sashes, actually. I understood why sometimes people would charge a bit more. And then you'd have to wash them and dry them. And sometimes the sashes would come back stained and the chair covers would come back stained. And occasionally they'd come back with holes in. But it really did start to give
3: me the bug for thinking about doing something for myself. At that time, my husband had been thinking about starting a business, and we'd spoken about he could start a
2: business but at the right time because it was all about calculated risk for us, or for me anyway. He's a bit more of a risk taker than I am. And we had agreed that he would start his business in May of 2015, and we'd agreed this back in November or December. I was insecure, full-time employment. With no desire to be permanently self employed. But I'd been through a couple of waves of redundancy. And each time I had asked, reached out to someone for a job, the first time I contacted somebody on LinkedIn and I said to him, Have you got any jobs going? And he said, No but I can offer you a platform to start off on your own if you like. And I thought, this is so silly. That's not what I asked for. I need to know I'm going to be paid at the end of every month. I wasn't made redundant. That's a whole other story. The next year, similar kind of thing happened again. I was told I'd be at risk of redundancy. And so I contacted someone who I'd spoken to before. They'd sold the business. And the person who bought the business invited me in for an exploratory chat. I now know that's called an interview. I didn't really know what that was. And I went to the interview and the man looked at me, perplexed really, and said to me, have you ever thought about starting your own thing? Well, I just thought he didn't want to give me the job. I thought, I'm a big girl. Just just tell me I haven't got the
3: job. But he said, no, you should consider it. You're not right for this business, but you should consider it. A seed had been planted. Well... I thought I'd wait and see what would happen with this redundancy,
2: and I wasn't made redundant. Well, another year happened. This must have been in April of 2015,
3: and I was at risk of redundancy again. So this time I thought, where's this job security I'm clinging on to?
2: And I inquired about voluntary redundancy, and each time I was told, you don't really need to know. Well, they changed the process slightly. And during the interview, I again inquired inquired about voluntary redundancy and said they really needed to consider it because that's how employment law works. I was told, hmm, how much do you want? And you need to be gone within 10 days. So I named a figure and before I knew it, (coughs) I was looking at uh, a redundancy. So in my mind, I was thinking, what do I do now? Do I get another job? Or should I consider all of these things that these potential employers had said to me in the past about starting my own thing? And I contacted my uncle who had a successful business
3: running care home and looked after children homes for years and years. And I don't know why I did that, because we didn't speak all the time.
2: But I guess instinctively, I knew you had to take advice from somewhere. So I just rang him and I said, You know, Uncle, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about doing this thing.
3: I'm thinking about going self employed. And he says, Well, how old are you? And I said, Thirty. And he says, If not now, then when? Why not go ahead and do it? So there we have it. I had the entrepreneurial spirit and my business was born. Well oh, thank you for sharing Gemma. That's a good story. That's a good story. I think um well
1: two things really. I'm I'm, I'm amazed at how accommodating your mum was <laughs> and I I can just imagine that you kept her on to- on your toes on her toes when you were growing up. And um I'm I'm very pleased that you didn't take to hairdressing. I still do, I do my do my own hair a lot of the time.
3: <laughs> it doesn't matter hair. if you drench yourself, uh, yeah, though, does yeah. it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I think that you know, family seems a good place to start. You've you've had some incredibly strong women in your family, I know that, and you've um, you know, obviously, you you had time with your godmother. Um, your uncle was, was also supportive. So, you t- tell us what it was like growing up around them
2: oh the women the women were a formidable force I think um they yeah they they were just fantastic really when i when I was much younger, my mom, um who is now a social worker, was actually a care assistant um and so she often worked nights, weekends, birthdays christmases, and I remember actually it must be something about that age thirty coming up to that age, she said to me, "I'm going back to school." And I thought, "Oh, okay." And she went back to college, and then from college, she did quite well, and she did an access course, and then went to university and trained to be a social worker. And to me, that was really impressive. It, mm. it actually transformed our life. Um, yeah. not really having much to being far more secure. And seeing that, you know, at whatever age you are, you can retrain and you can change a course of direction was really powerful.
1: Mm. really inspirational. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the entrepreneurial spirit hasn't just come from your parents and your wider family. It's coming down to the next generation, isn't it? Tell us about your daughter Kimora, because hasn't she just started her own business at the grand age of 12? <laughs>
2: yeah, well, she you know she's long in the tooth now, isn't she? <laughs> 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 Kimora is a, a very interesting character. She's always been very strong-willed, much like her mum. <laughs> Strong world and not stubborn. And um, thankfully, what being in business has done is also given her lots of exposure. So she's helped lots of um, my business friends with their events, um, whether it's, you know, there was a LinkedIn local, I think there were 400 people, and um, Sam, who was running that, had said, Oh, does Kimura want to go in the crash? I said, have will be met Kimura. She's not going in the crash. I said, I'll, I'll give her a job to do and um so she took a clipboard and she'd go around and she'd tell ask people to fill out these questionnaires which was great because often people don't want to fill out a questionnaire but when you've got a seven-year-old in front of you you don't say no do you (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I'd take her with me to exhibitions and I'd say to them put some put some business cards in your pockets and go around to the next three stands and again usually sometimes when you're handing out business cards people swerve you as though you're selling things in a supermarket in a shopping mall but when it's a five-year-old or a six-year-old they tend not to do that so I guess it really developed her her sense of being able to to speak to to people and do something.
0: And hasn't Um, she got her own show coming up or her own stand at a big exhibition fair? Yeah
2: she has so during the lockdown period she struggled quite a bit um, with the isolation and being an only child and when we were able to have a caring bubble she'd go to my mom sometimes because i was busy working and my mom taught her to crochet much to my dismay because i didn't know my mom could crochet so <laughs> imagine that <laughs> what do you mean you can crochet and you didn't teach us well i didn't have time with you guys um, <laughs> but that's what grandchildren are for so she taught kimura to crochet and it was really therapeutic and fantastic for her because it was something that was creative and it um kept her eyes away from a screen and a screen and she then took that to the next level she'd be on Pinterest and YouTube looking at different patterns and then she'd make her own patterns um and then she's like I'm gonna sell some of this stuff so she started selling to friends and family and then her debut I guess was this um big exhibition at Wembley in April uh there were it was a young entrepreneurs fair there were over a hundred children under 18s with businesses oh my goodness fantastic I was inspired it it, it was really phenomenal to be honest with you um but she wasn't happy with just having you know lots of these children just had a stand and they were selling sweets she was like no um I need a pop-up banner mommy uh, and i need a logo <laughs> and i need an instagram page and i said well you've got to do these things and she and she designed them she said, i think i should have a photo shoot Will you f- if you fund me a photo shoot i can pay you back i was like no it's okay i'll, I'll give you the photo <laughs> 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 um so yeah so she had a photo shoot she designed her logo she's very particular about the brand and um I manage the page Instagram page for her but I have to show her every post and she usually changes everything I write <laughs> <laughs> and um she works out her profit and loss margins and she's been selling at various different fairs and she's attended women in business and she's really
1: working on her 60 second pitch um, it's great excellent. she's in profit <laughs> Good for her. excellent excellent so just to go back a bit, so you, you were working in the HR field when you decided to take the, the leap anyway. Um, but, but obviously you had to decide on, the, on, the, on the, that, that huge leap of working on your own. Um, what, at that point, what did you know about running a business? Oh, nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I say nothing because I guess through osmosis I had seen Auntie Sharon You know, I'd I'd seen that you needed good customer service and a good rapport, and that's what she—that's what she had. Uh, People who kept coming back. I didn't really know that. That's what I'd seen, but that's what I'd seen. Um, My parents did have a restaurant for a short time, which I worked in. Um, I had that for about two years, and then the recession hit. So I'd seen how that had worked a little bit, but I didn't—I didn't know anything else. And. You'll remember, Lisa, when I, m- I met you at the um, one of the Chamber of Commerce events, I didn't even know that that was a proper event, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, you know, I remember you saying that you, you yeah. weren't really sure what networking was. I didn't know. I didn't know. My
2: my neighbour had said to me, you should go to one of these events. And so I looked on Google and printed off thirty business only 30 business cards because that's what I could afford. Um, and I thought that was plenty. And, um, yeah, I remember turning up at the... The um, exhibition and them asking for my name and putting it on a lanyard. Gemma Fairclough Haynes, director. Oh, I felt amazing. Woo, director. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember someone asking them, you know, the first stand I went in, they said, "Oh, can I have a card?" And I thought, "Well, I've only got 30 So um, <laughs> there's a lot of people here. If I give you one, what's going to happen? So yeah, I, I didn't know anything really about running a business. Um, I, I've had to learn through. Uh, networking was fantastic for me that I actually started networking because I'd go along and I'd hear these 10 minute talks and you know someone would speak about social media or accounting or something else and I'd be thinking wow all of this for 10 pounds this is amazing <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> uh, going to it's like going to to school going to university and then I you know obviously i would made friends and I'd have people that I could speak to and um I'm a great believer in in reading and and listening. So I I always, even now, still listen to podcasts and um, still listen, still read books because I think that's really important.
0: Mm. Have you? I mean, you mentioned the advice, or sort of the osmosis advice from your auntie Sharon, in the sense of you know doing something that you enjoy and actually remembering to enjoy it with with the fish and chips after the hard day's work, and and then your uncle saying, if not now, when? But looking back at all the advice that you've had over the years, your, you know the ten minutes, the, the networking, the books. Is there sort of one piece of standout advice that's steered you? Do you think? I think the one piece is
2: is actually just um yes actually it it's about understanding your value knowing value so i remember not long after starting the business and i did, i would put out a course i thought i know what i'll do to get customers i will put out a course on facebook i heard facebook marketing's good and i'll charge 20 pounds per head mm-hmm to go on to these, to come to my course and learn all about employment law. And I thought, what bargain. And nobody booked on, well, of course, nobody booked on, nobody knew me, but also £20 was too cheap. And we discussed this in our little mastermind group at the Women in Business, and they said, well, give it a few months, meet some new people, put it out again at a higher price. And I did that. I actually put it back back out again, the same course, a bit more polished looking in terms of the advertising um, I charged 199 pounds and it was full, and yeah. I thought that's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, if someone said to you, you, can buy a gold bar for a pound," you'd just question whether it was for real, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, either and I both know that the challenges are plenty when it comes to running a business, and you you really have to keep yourself focused, don't you? So. What's kept you motivated and and, where do you get inspiration
3: from?
2: Uh, What's kept me motivated? I really enjoy what I do. Um, With everything, you have good days and bad days, but ultimately I have way more good days than than bad. And in the beginning, it was just exciting to see that somebody trusted in me. It actually took me six months to get my first client. I'm not counting my uncle who was my first client, but my first (laughs) actual client, client, it took me six months um and I was at a networking group and a lady pulled me and I was like can I speak to you and I thought oh what have I said what have I done um what this claim could you help me with it I was like yes absolutely uh... yes yeah. yeah um and it, it's little bits of boost isn't it it's enjoying things along the way that that was like well th- this must be working then you know if, if she's gonna trust me and then it was a few months after that someone else had trusted me um and over time it, more and more and more clients that keeps you really really motivated and then because I've grown the business and you have staff you feel kind of responsible for them too mm. um you know they are looking at you not just to provide um an income but um to provide I guess motivation and inspiration too
3: yes yeah absolutely
2: uh, yeah. yeah you end up not doing it for yourself I mean you're doing it for yourself but you you're very aware that there are lots of people looking I know like with my daughter I know she's she's always very interested what are you doing now what's the next move
0: so yeah yeah you're setting a fabulous example for her as you say she can see what you're doing on a daily basis so she gets that idea of what it's like day day to day and the the ups and downs but now you've been running your own business for some time I think it's seven years isn't it yeah and and you've been going through sort of growing pains well not growing pains because you've grown very successfully but there are, they are pains. they growing We've <laughs> 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 all <about> those. <laughs> um, so somebody, uh, you know, somebody starting out, particularly when they've got to that stage of they need to grow their business. They they've got to be more than their more than one person. What what would your advice be? Yeah, you like you
2: actually have to do it. So lots of people think, well, I just want to stay one person and I guess if that's your desire, it's fine. But then, as someone said to me, "What happens if you're you're poorly, or if you're out of work for a period of time, and you're you are the business? Then, then what?" Um, for me, I've been getting busier and busier, much like now. And I just kept thinking, "This, oh, this is a blip. You know, this is a this is a fluke. It's not going to continue." But I was I was so busy, I had no time for the family. And I had to keep going back to my why. One of my why's was being able to have time with the family. Mm. And I'd done completely the opposite. So I remember one summer, um, well, the the summer, that I was extraordinarily busy. My husband had gone back to work by then. And I said to him, you need to take two weeks off. The first week, um, you're going to spend looking after our daughter. And the second week, we'll just go away. We'll book somewhere because we can afford it now. and I, they kept coming to me book anything. I was like, I haven't had the time. So in the end, I booked for us to just have three days at Chessington. And I say just because that's good fun. It's not just justice, it's good fun. And I took my goddaughter with me, so doing the same thing. See what happens there. I did it with well <laughs> <laughs> my mother. Uh-huh. Um, and also having two children is easier than one. They keep each other entertained. Um, but I didn't spend any time with them. I was literally in the hotel room. You know, I didn't go on any rides. I, I'd run back and uh, taking calls. Sorry, sorry, you can hear screaming in the background. I'm just at Chessington. I literally didn't have any time. And my husband said to me, Gemma, this has got to stop. You need to take someone on. And I was mm. scared because you will be scared if you, if you yeah. are thinking about that growing. And I was like, but, but what if it doesn't last? You know, what if, what if this is just a blip? And he said, come on, you, you've got to take somebody on. So... Um, There was a lady, um, Lucy, who had been looking for uh, part-time employment and she had a great um, career as a paralegal. I knew this because I'd interviewed her um, when I was on Bunker Extra and she kept putting on LinkedIn, anyone know of any part-time paralegal type work going on in Kent? And people kept tagging my name in and I kept scrolling past because who wants to do that? And eventually, <laughs> I thought, no, I've I've got to do it. Um, I took advice. I actually when called Lisa frantically. Like, what do I do? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and again, and I Lisa said, do it. <laughs> yeah, Lisa go do it. Go for it. Um, so I I just took someone on part time. You know, I probably had enough for two a whole person to work. Well, I just took someone on for sixteen hours, um, and and that really worked for me. It gave me a bit of ease. It gives you an opportunity to look at the business differently, and it (laughs) really—you've got no choice but to have systems and processes when it's not just you, and that Mm -hmm. really is essential for your business. When it's just you, you can keep everything in your head, but when you've got someone else working with you, it really makes you fine-tune things and and do better. And they always say, "Don't make two heads are better than one." So, um, so my advice is: do it. Don't take off more than you don't fight more than you can choose. So, even if it's part-time. absolutely go for it.
0: Oh, that's good advice. Thank Mm. you for sharing that. Mm, Yes.
1: So tell us where you're up to now and what you're up to, you know, what you're doing currently and and how can people engage with you?
2: So now I'm going through another
1: growing pain. (laughs) As you do. (laughs)
2: Um, There are two problems. There's not enough work and there's too much work. And at the moment, we have lots and lots of work. Um, So I'm now going through a a stage where we're growing again. Um, We were a team of four. I just lost one. But I'm actually going to expand to be a team of six. And my plan this time is to have two um, associates. So I'll have my core employed team. And then I'll have some associates to do that overflow of work. Because, again, it's, you know, if things, we don't know what the, the future holds in terms of the financial state so if things do go down a little bit then I haven't got to feel as though I've got to find these people work but I do need someone to help with mm. the the extra work that we have
1: mm. uh, that's a good solution isn't it
2: yeah only I put out an ad yesterday and within half an hour I had 50 applications I was like oh oh my goodness,
1: goodness. "This is a little bit overwhelming <laughs> talk about when we employer a brand <laughs> uh, yo, uh, where was where was the ad where did you place that in a for in a recruitment or on LinkedIn no, in or? a
2: Facebook group so what I'm looking for we do both HR and employment law so we do the litigation I do the litigation side and um my colleague Natalie does the HR side she she's more overrun than I am and I joined this HR freelancers group on Facebook uh, a couple of years ago I just kind of keep an eye on it so I put mm. it in there and said, I'm looking for associates, and I've had loads. It's been really nice. A few of them have said, like, we've been following you for years. So actually, we'd really love to work under your brand. So that's, that's that was great. That's fantastic,
0: it? isn't it? That's yeah, such a compliment. Really interesting.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to pause the, the rest of the, <laughs> <laughs> the ad now and take them look. Yeah. I'm,
3: yeah. I'm not so enough anymore, to get so through.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, only, I only want two associates, but it will just give me um, that, extra, that ability to do a bit more. A bit
1: more mm. work. I, I like the idea now that people are turning to associates. It's it's an idea um that I think's really taken off recently. Um where you you, you don't there might not be enough work to employ them full time but someone that can work for you a couple of days a week or do you know or a, a day's worth of work is, yeah. is is quite handy, isn't it? And then to keep them sort of ticking over
0: um, there's a lot of VAs that that do that, and yeah. it works well, really well. I use yeah. associates in my business, and they bring in you know spe- specialist skills which I don't have, like a vid- mm. you know, videographers, photographers, you know that I, I would need in my business. Mm. It's a great model.
2: Yeah, it, yeah, it's a really good way to, and especially especially if you're concerned that you're not going to have this constant flow of work, it is a really good way to grow.
3: Mm. And mm. It,
1: it
2: it's win win, isn't it? Because you help them, and they help you yeah absolutely so how can people get in touch with you Gemma um you can find me on LinkedIn it's Gemma Fairclough Haynes Gemma with a j um I'm on Twitter my Twitter handle is at Gemma Fairhay f-a-i-r-h-a-y or on Instagram uh, Gemma Fairclough Haynes and your business name Orchard employment law. I should have, they're still learning at least. It's only been seven and a half
0: years. (laughs) Well, we'll put those in the show notes. Um, Gemma, can we add Kimura's Instagram account in the show notes? Yeah. So Kimura's Instagram is Kimmy underscore,
2: so K I M I underscore crochets, and she spells crochets with a K as well. This is all her own branding. She's like alliteration, mommy. You've got to be catchy. Come on.
0: I love it. Lesser, Anything lesser. to do with the growth and development of your personal brand, it's really important. <laughs> yeah. So when we get to
1: this part of the show, just before we wrap up, Isla and I always take it, uh, have a takeaway. But I've, I'm something's just bugging me, and I need to ask you this, Gemma. Is, yeah. Do you have another business in you, or are you feeling that Orchard Employment Law will be your business until you exit? you know for, for retirement or what's your, what's your plan what's your exit strategy <laughs>
3: um
1: so I have all I, I've always
2: thought I'm going to sell this business um, mm. it won't be that anytime soon I'm really enjoying it but one of the reasons why I didn't call it back employment law is because in my I always had the end in mind very strange isn't it I didn't know if it was going to work or not
1: no sound um, kind of a good entrepreneur
2: <laughs> but yeah so so i think eventually i will grow it to the, to a point and and sell it um but i could see myself starting something again yeah. but this time you know better with some of the lessons that i've learned it's a bit like with the chair cover business which I, I still have i don't push it and that thrones chair covers but it's, i've taken some of the things i learned from having that into orchard and i think whatever the next thing is i'll take some of the things i've learned out of this
1: into into that
3: Excellent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can,
1: I can, yeah. I can see you. I, I, I think I would have put money on that answer, <laughs> knowing you <laughs> as I do. <laughs> but yeah, it's good. And, and I think that you've got a really good saleable model there as well. So you've worked hard and I know that you're very strong with the systems and your processes. You've always been, um, keen to, to do things the right way. And, uh, I think that will pay off big time. So yeah, wish you good luck with that. So, takeaways I loved and really resonated with what you said about when you start to grow your team and you're taking other people along with you that you know there are lots of people as people are getting to know you there are lots of people looking and you've kind of got that responsibility um and you know for me Gemma you 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 remind me of that quote she believed she could so she did (laughs)
3: Oh. <laughs> and you know
1: you've you have you've really persisted you've had some perseverance and you've 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 created this sort of steadfast aura that encourages others to follow and whether you know it or not you've become a leader and I think that that's reminds me of it's a lot of people out there that probably don't recognize that they're a leader, so you know just have a look at your team, have a look at the people around you and and think well hang on a minute what do they take from me because I'm focused I'm carrying on doing what I'm doing but actually they're all watching
2: yeah (laughs) thank you um yeah I I mean I know they're watching but I hadn't really thought of it as a as a leader I guess
3: well
1: yeah I think you know maybe you're you're stealthily leading but you you definitely are And, and just you know everything that you're saying kimura's saying she's learned that from watching you and being around your business so yeah it's quite an achievement thank you Isla. <laughs> what's your takeaway uh,
0: okay i'm gonna choose out of three i always i'm gonna focus on one and that is your point about understanding your value is not understanding and knowing your value um, and how important that is in business. And then sort of obviously from my side of it as a PR consultant, being able to articulate that value and having confidence in, in going out and saying, well, this is who I am. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I think that's a standout point for me. Yeah. Excellent.
1: OK, well, as much as we'd love chatting, um, we've, we've come to the end of another podcast. So thank you, Gemma, for bringing your entrepreneurial spirit and story to the podcast. We're we're really pleased that you did. And uh, of course, now that we know more of your background, all eyes are on Kumura for the future (laughs) as well. (laughs) So thank you for your time, Gemma. We hope you've enjoyed it. I have. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure. So before we go, more thanks go out to Paul Cheese, who's definitely part of the Business Diaries support system um, and a a
0: great entrepreneur. Um, Isla, any announcements before we go? Just to remind everybody, please find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Biz Nairies and join in the conversation there. And also to say that our episode next month will be the final episode of 2022. I can't, I can't believe oh, it. How did that happen? Um, I know, exactly. And. You and I, Lisa, will be joined once again by the fabulous Chris Pollard as we were at the end of last year because we're going to review, again, all of the incredible stories and journeys that our storytellers have shared with us during 2022. So I can't wait to do that episode yeah, and to share that with that. you all. Brilliant.
1: Great. So finally, thanks go to you, the listener, for tuning in. We really hope you've enjoyed today's story and the discussion and that you'll take away some of Gemma's fabulous tips. So we'll join you for the next one. Bye for now. Bye bye. Bye. -bye.
0: We hope you have enjoyed listening to this edition of The Business Diaries. We would love to hear your feedback. Please find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Biz Diaries.